Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Most of the leaders that I interview on this show are from corporate environments. My guest today learned how to be a leader in a much more tough career. Neil Lavis has worked as a senior leader since 1998, both in the UK and in the Caribbean, managing diverse and sometimes difficult teams to achieve excellence. Roles have included Cayman Islands Director of Prisons at the Ministry of Home Affairs and Governor at Her Majesty's Prison and Probation Service. During his career, Neil has improved performance through his ability to inspire and bring out the best in others and make them more confident and effective in their work and personal lives. Neil offers an uncomplicated approach that will show you how to get people to work with you and make things happen. Neil is also going to be a speaker at the upcoming Innovate Work Caribbean event, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well today. Neil, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Me too. I have never in the history of the HR Chat Show (laughs) interviewed someone who's worked within the prison service, and I, I can't wait to get your perspectives on leadership and teamwork and strategy and so much more. So firstly, tell our listeners a bit about your your career up up to this point. I've been in the service uh, over 35 years, Um, started off um, as an officer working in uh, a large London prison, uh, Pentonville. And then I've gone through uh, my career working in various places with all types of um, all types of prisoners with different categories. So I've worked in everything from the high risk category A, all the way down to category D, the open prisons where they're coming to the end of their sentence. I've worked um, in the women's estate um, as well. And I've worked with uh, young offenders uh, uh, aged from 18 to to 21. So I've had quite a a varied career. Um, The final part of my career, I was deputy in Wales, working in Usk and Prescoid Prison, which is a a sex offender um, establishment and the open establishment. Uh, And then um, I was governor of Swansea. And then I went abroad for four and a half years I was director of prisons in charge of a male prison, a small uh, female uh, women's unit and a a immigration detention centre that held uh, Cuban migrants uh, trying to get to trying to get to the US who um, were were, um, taken into Cayman on their way up through breaking down or whatever. So I did that. I then came back, um, worked at the uh, headquarters for a while, and then did uh, governor of Layhill Prison, which is a large open prison in Gloucestershire. Uh, And now I work in the area group, uh, focusing generally on employment opportunities for for those residents who are coming up for release. So that's where I find myself at the moment. I was fortunate enough to go part-time in July. Uh, so I I have um, looking at leadership coaching within uh, my spare time and also working still within the service. Okay, thank you very much. I'm gonna go based on what you see on the on the TV, Neil, and what you see in mm-hmm. the films, um, which I, I, I'm guessing is probably not that similar to, to what actually goes on in, in the prison system. But on that basis, I'm going to guess that 
you've got to be a little bit more disciplined and a bit more serious when you're working within the prison system compared to say perhaps uh, your average office. Okay, that's that's just my assertion. I'm I'm, I'm going to invite you to to comment on that in just a sec. But I'd, I'd love to hear from you. What what are the qualities that one needs to be a leader within the prison system, and how perhaps is that different to a corporate environment? I don't think there is a great. I mean, people will perceive there's a great deal of difference. Obviously, uh, the prison service is a command and control environment where you have a rank structure. But the skills required, I believe, are very similar. Um, you have you have times when you are leading in the service where you have to direct uh, quite strongly. So, for instance, in an incident situation, that isn't the time to sit around a table and have blue sky thinking about your next move. Um, it's about... Um, it's about then making a call based on the evidence and, and what's happening in front of you. Uh, and you direct that quite strongly. You're the person who tell others what to do. So there's that side of leadership when really it's not up to debate. It's not about um, coming to any form of consensus. It's about having the facts, making the call. But on the other side, there are times when you are looking at your strategy, your way forward, how you're going to improve things in the future. Um, that is more about engagement, more about, you know, sitting around that table, talking about what we want to do well, how we want to improve things, reflecting on what has gone before, and then planning the future. You've got time to do that. Uh, and that's the other side of things. And I've heard it described as as the purple style of leadership with red being one side and blue being the other. And you've got to move between those. You find a, a balance between those. But there are obviously times when you have to move into one side and stay in that side. And those are the times when you are in command control, when you're directing, this is what's going to happen. And similar going through the COVID situation we find ourselves in now, you know, a lot of that is directed you know, what to do, when to do it. Whereas when you're looking at, say, setting your strategy for the next three to five years, that's more about um, looking at uh, coming to a consensus together. So I do, I do think there is so much, and, and you do that in, you do that in, um, you do that in outside of, of, of the prison service as well, I believe. Maybe not so much in command control mode, um, but the skills that you use to manage, which is effectively a small town, a small village, you manage, you manage the catering, you manage the religious uh, services, you manage the day-to-day -day running uh, residential function of making sure people get up, go to work. So it's like running a small town. It's it's um, so you have to have all those those skills. So I think leadership in the prison service. Um, you know, you, you, you have skills which will map across and, and more, if you know what I mean. You've got a, a leadership career. You've been a leader since the late 90s. Maybe, yeah. you, can, maybe you can share some examples of situations that, that have tested your ability. And, and sure, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear some of the times when you have had to go into command control. That's fascinating to me. Absolutely. I'd also love to hear, though, in terms of other areas of your leadership, 
that have perhaps been tested, such as the move over to to helping find employment for inmates who are going to be uh, released soon. You know that that must, mm. I, would, I would imagine, take a, a whole bunch of different qualities and and, uh, and, a, and a different approach. Yeah, looking at times, I suppose when you know things have been quite tough. I mean, obviously, when you govern for the first time, that's 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 quite difficult. But um, when I went to the Cayman Islands, they had uh, six or eight months before had had the um, Her Majesty's Inspector of Prisons over, and they'd done a report which was which was quite damning. And hence, the Ministry of Home Affairs decided that they felt they needed someone from outside with experience to come in and look at what could change and what what could be could be done um and i was fortunate enough in open competition to get that that role and there was a lot of work that needed to be picked up that clearly hadn't been done around basic policies around uh safety particularly around safety you know they had issues with self-harm uh they had issues with um really not ensuring that there was procedures and policies in place to support them doing what they they needed to do uh, and to introduce those into a system that had been the same way for many years was difficult it was about winning hearts and minds about make, seeing being able to demonstrate to the staff why it was being done and also to the to the community as well it's a very it's a small island sixty thousand people um so the role of director of prisons is quite high profile and you are under the spotlight a lot you spend a lot of time doing interviews on television radio and there's a and like you said there's always a fascination around prisons um and there still is so people are very interested in what you're doing what you're trying to achieve so it was about winning hearts and minds, bringing in different procedures that would um, improve what the residents in 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 the the three areas um, their daily life. Which sometimes that doesn't go down well. People feel, well, why, you know, why should they, uh, after committing an offence, uh, be be getting uh, better facilities or um, having better opportunities um, and it's about going out there and saying look we've tried it one way and and how's that working for you you know there is a high level of uh, reoffending, and the evidence around says that if we invest in education in jobs in accommodation for people coming out of prison then you have a far greater chance then of that person being able to turn their life around um, so, so that was a real challenge. And then moving on to the job signal, I can tie that in with the with with Cayman. When I f- first got there, there had been in the past an incident where a group of residents had gone out, and this was quite a few years before, and committed um, an offence whilst out on temporary license. They were going out to a local farm to work, and an incident had occurred. It hit the press and and they'd stopped um they'd stopped the work experience and it was my job to try i felt that when people were coming to the end of their their time to try and get them into some form of employment 
but there was this real nervousness around it and the lack of trust, particularly from some large employment, some large companies on island who had previously allowed uh, ex-residents or residents who were serving to go out on day release and then go and get a job. And that hadn't gone particularly well. And the help from the um, from the prison hadn't been there to support them. So there was a great deal of work around that in Cayman trying to build that. And I'm mapping it across to what I'm doing now. There is still, in for some types of offences and for some types of offenders, um, a, a reluctance to employ on release. Companies are getting better at it, but I think there's a real push now to try and get that because it's a real key in stopping people from um, from reoffending. Okay, thank you. Now, let, let, let's move and talk a little bit about something else that you're you're getting up to now. You're, you're you've you've taken a lot of the lessons from from your career, and you, you made the you made the decision to um, begin outside consulting as well, leadership consulting. I'll invite you later on to tell our listeners about the the website and how they can find that and how they can connect with you and all the all the rest of it. But I'd, I'd love to hear what drew you to coaching. And as part of that, what, in your opinion, Neil, makes for a good coach? It's funny. I, when I when I had the time to reflect, and I've always thought about this when I was when I was in uh, management or leadership role. The bit that I loved was the interaction with people, and I think I joined uh, the service for that. I enjoyed working with people, seeing people succeed. Um, so it it seemed natural to me to 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 continue with that um you know i thought what what do i enjoy doing during my day you know and uh you know there's times when i was in cayman there was a a, a gentleman came up to me i was i was uh, going into a meeting and he, he came out of a local cinema where he was working and came up to me and said you know that he'd been at a really difficult time uh, in his life and um that you know, during that period, he, he was he was really down. He was inside and, and he recalled a conversation that I'd had with him. And as a result of that, he had uh, managed to secure employment with a company on release, you know, give him a bit of hope. He then went away and managed to secure this job. And he was working in that local cinema, refurbishing it. Um, and he came up to me and said, thank you. He said, thank you for what you did. I mean, that that is just gave me such a thrill uh, that. I was able to 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 do that, and and in and in my work now, um, there are people who are, who have achieved, people who have moved into uh, governor roles who I've supported, um, and that that gives you you know great joy. I have it a real uh, passion. I'm lucky enough now in my in my time off because I'm part time now to be able to um, continue with that and develop that further. So for me, I thought it was just a natural, uh, a natural thing for me to move into this. And I feel I've got a lot of experience that and in various situations that, um, that I can pass on and help others, you know? Yes. And um, one example of how you're going to pass on some, some of that knowledge and some of those insights is actually an event which is coming up, uh, which is Innovate Work Caribbean number three. And uh, Neil's going to be one of our Passion Series speakers. Uh, so that means he's up on the virtual stage for nine minutes, 
uh, talking about something that he's passionate about. And I, I've, I've got a feeling I might know <laughs> uh, what you're passionate about, given your, your last answer. Uh, but maybe maybe you can take 60 seconds or so now, Neil, and share yeah. with our listeners a little bit about your session, a couple of the key takeaways that they can expect and um, who who that session is, is geared at. It, it's geared really at anyone who wants to grow and learn. Um, people who are at a stage in their career where they feel that some things just aren't working for them. Uh, you know, those middle managers who are looking to take the next step into senior manager or CEO roles. I remember when I was first governor of Swansea, I went in the office, you go through the gate and everybody says good morning. They tell you how many um, residents you've got and, and then you go to your office. And I remember closing that door and thinking, you know, what happens next? What do I do next? There's no book when you reach a certain level of how you should be as a leader. It's not just about doing the day stuff. It's about how you present, how how you are. So hopefully um, in within the, within the talk that I will be able to get some of that across. Um, I think leadership is something that everybody has within them. But I do think we make it a bit mysterious sometimes. Um, if you go to a, a library, there's books and books on it. And um, I don't think when it when you drill down, there are key things you can do to become a better leader and be more confident as a leader. So hopefully during my conversation and the opportunity I have in, in my nine minutes, I'll be able to get some of that across. Neil, you're not going to believe this, but we are already at the end of this interview. Before we wrap things up, how can our listeners connect with you, whether that's through LinkedIn, email, whatever you want to share there? And um, maybe you can direct them to your website as well. Yeah, well, I'm on, um, I am on LinkedIn, um, and Neil Lavis, and my email is neil at lavisleadershipcoaching.com. And my website is lavisleadershipcoaching.com. So um, quite easy. You just need to be able to spell Lavis, which is L-A-V-I-S. Um, yeah, and, and you can get hold of me on there. But like I say, if you go on to LinkedIn, I'm on there as well. And I'd be happy, happy to connect with anybody um, to discuss um, if I can do and support them in any way. Perfect. And that just leaves me to say for today, Neil Lavis, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you very much. Thank you. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working and please do continue to stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.